0: Good morning, City Hope. Good morning. Everybody loving the weather? Yeah, just great. We ought to just go outside, right? Yeah. You will in just a few minutes. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. I want to welcome the Mobile Campus Foley, Baymanette, and the guys at Holman Prison. Uh, all of you. Let me let me just say, I think this is the best church in the whole wide world. You guys are great. Yeah. in your serving, and your giving, and your faithfulness. Thank you so much. We appreciate you very much, and we're here to serve you. We're here to lead you, and that's, that's what we want to do. In this series, the purpose of this series is to really make us a stronger church. And so we have talked about faith, and we've talked about meditation, and passion, and last week, mission. We've talked about all these elements. This weekend, I want to talk about Stronger in perspective. I, I could have used a different word. You'll see that word in a minute, but I'll, I'll show you why I tied perspective in instead of the other word. If you have your Bibles, you if you want to follow along in your device in Galatians three and in Isaiah chapter fifty-five, we'll we'll start there. Uh, I want to just share something with you. Um, I grew up in a church that um, really put a lot of emphasis on. Emotions and feelings Um, When I think and hear the song it is well with my soul phenomenal hymn incredible But when I think about that I I think about my soul is my mind my will and my emotions So I I grew up in a church that you know put a lot of emphasis on feeling feeling God And so you know you had to have church uh, to feel God and so people talk about, you know, all of their emotions and their feelings, and you'd have people weeping, and some people were laughing, and then some people were crying, or it depended on the emotion. At the end of the service, there'd be a time for an altar call to come to the front, and people would sincerely go, seek God, find God. And sometimes it was happy, and sometimes it was weeping. just depended on the emotions. There really wasn't any structure. There was no instruction, and so many people left a little confused, especially if you were a new believer. And I grew up in it and uh, all my life, and, I, I, and so what, what I'm going to share with you is something a little more personal, because this is something that I struggle with, uh, and I think um, a lot of you will, and I, and I hope you understand it. I learned then to gauge my walk with God on emotions, because that seemed to be the standard. I mean, you know, you judge your walk with God by your emotions. And then you would hear people say in in sharing, we used to call it testimonies, today we call it stories. And I don't know if you were in a church where they would give their testimony, or some of us old school would even have popcorn testimonies, and uh, you'll have to ask some old person about that. But anyway, people would say, you know, I feel his presence today like I did when I first met him, and the, the emphasis was on I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel His presence. And, the, and that's how people spoke about their relationship with God. So I gauged my walk with God, you know, really on, on, on how do I feel God right now? You know, and, and there were times where I did. I felt His presence. It was tangible and, and just exactly what they were talking about. But most of the time, especially when I was not in, in the church, I was away from the church, I didn't feel anything. Sometimes I didn't even feel saved. And, and so I, I, I felt worse. I had confusing thoughts; they're clogging my mind, and I had questions. But you really couldn't talk to anybody about the questions because it's like you're challenging the Holy Spirit. You're, you're, you, maybe you're de- being disrespectful to the Holy Spirit because you know you just don't ask questions. You just seek His presence, and you can feel Him. And if you feel Him, then okay, you're, you're, you're okay. You're in a safe place. And, you know, your emotions then tell you, okay, you're safe. So you base everything all of this. And, and then if, if you did hit somebody who would talk to you, they would use religious jargon. And, and I really, I didn't tell them, but I really didn't know what it meant. I'm not sure I know what it means today. You know, you tell someone something you're going through, and they say, well, Jerry, when that happens, you just got to pray through. You just need to pray through. Okay. And then I'd go to somebody else, and they would say, no, you just need to hold on. So I'm praying through, and I'm holding on. And then I tell somebody, you know, ask somebody about prayer, and they say, oh, man, I'm telling you, there, there's days when you pray, the heavens are brassed over. Really? So here's, here's what it reminded me of. My, the church I grew up in, what I grew up in, is, it reminded me of, and you, you've all done this, you know, you, you've tried to, to reach out on a phone to a, a large corporation or the government. <laughs> and you're going to spend at least an hour, and you're going to go through 12 prompts if you can get to a person to talk to someone. That's how I felt about God, because of how people taught me the way we communicate with God. There had to be a certain feeling, a certain emotion. Oh, okay, now you can talk to God. So I lived in a state of confusion uh, m- most of my life, in, in internally, in my soulish realm, and when there's confusion, there's a lack of peace if there's confusion. See, the, the reason I'm emphasizing this this week, I talked about the Holy Spirit last week, so I want to bring this in because I, I don't want there to be confusion. If there's confusion, then there's no peace. I want us to have, I want us to have peace. Because, you know, it's like you have people say, oh yeah, it's, it's so hard to pray. Well, here's what that says to me now. You're telling me it's hard to communicate with God? I think the hard part is the discipline to pray. It's not talking to God. I think he'll talk to you. So I lived in this state of confusion, lack of peace, and I had no idea, I really didn't until later on in life, how to receive peace that belonged to me. Because you see, there's no reason for you to be troubled or tormented in your mind, especially if you're a committed believer in Jesus Christ. So it's time for us to be stronger in our perspective of God our understanding of God. And and you understand the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth was to bring peace between God and man. First it starts there, my peace with God. And and, and it's not just peace living in the world, it's peace with with God. So you you don't have to be a scholar, but all of you know the Christmas story. And and when the angels told the shepherds they're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger, well, you know what happened in Luke 2.8? they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And one translation says they were terrified. So here comes the angel from God with a message from God, and and, and guess what happens? They're scared to death. That's an emotional response. There's an emotional response, and, and there's fear, and there's terror. Who, who is this light suit guy and this angel? We haven't seen this before. And so their feelings, at first, they completely mis- misread the situation. Here's my point. You can misread God altogether if you try to read him by your feelings. You do have feelings. You were created in, in the image of God, but the purpose is, is for it to be well in your soul, well in your feelings, in your soulless realm. So today, for most of us, and there may be a few of you that are, that are angels here, I don't know, but for most of us, your feelings can totally fool you. Now, I, really, this may have happened to you. you. You see a group of people talking, and they're talking and laughing, and they glanced at you, and you think, yeah, they're talking about me. You know, that whole group in that department at work, they're all talking about me. They're poor. Now, they weren't talking about you, but your feelings are so sensitive. And that's what happened in this story. The shepherds are fo- fooled by, b- about God. Their emotional response is wrong. And then it goes on in verse 10. The angel said to them, don't be afraid because I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I- I've come with a great message I've come with a message of hope. I, I've come. for There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Swaddling clothes means real tight clothes, okay? So the message was Peace. Peace. We're, but Where are you going to find it? Go to Bethlehem. When they get to Bethlehem, where do they go? They actually go out in a pasture, in a field, and they look over at the mountain, and up the, there's, a, there's a mountain wall there, and inside of it's like a cave, and in that cave is where this so-called, what we call a barn. It wasn't a barn. It was really a cave, and they're going to find a baby in a feeding trough. We call it a manger, but it's a feeding trough. And and this represents God's love for you, and it's showing to the people, I I don't mean you any harm. I've I've come to tell you that that I'm going to give you peace between us, and I'm going to do that by sending my son to save the world. And understand that everybody in the cave... We, we know who's in the cave. Everybody in the cave, there's only one person in trouble, and that's the baby because he grows up to die on a cross, and, and, and the, everyone else is forgiven because of what the baby did, and they, they, they missed all of this because of their emotions at front in the front. And we know what John 3.16 says, but if you read John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world, condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. Hey, I want you to believe in me, not condemn. See, condemnation and guilt is an emotional feeling. And I, I had people last weekend tell me after the message, you know, I grew up in a church like this and they condemned us and made us feel bad and if you didn't have this and you didn't do this, that's condemnation and guilt and that plays on your emotional rim. And he, God said, I, I'm not sending my son for that but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So if, if you if you not believed yet, well, you, you I didn't come to condemn you but by the way you are condemned because you're you're messed up you're born into a sinful nature the world's messed up and and I didn't come to make you worse I came to make you better I come to fix you not to destroy you so Jesus is saying I didn't come to get you in trouble you're already in trouble but I want you to know that I came to give you peace there can be peace between me and my God there can be peace from my spirit to God's spirit Romans 5 1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There was probably a time in my life that I didn't realize, wow, when I received Jesus, I can have peace with God? Because my feelings didn't line up to that. My feelings tell me I didn't have peace because I said this, I did this, I acted like that. I believe my feelings more than I believe the Scripture. I believe how I was feeling. So now I'm, I'm totally confused. If I'm confused, I have no peace So I walked around most of the time feeling like God was mad at me. I never could live up. I could never measure up. So I walked around with this feeling, and what's going on is my feelings are lying to me. And just like the shepherds with the angels, you you can be lied to by your own feelings. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you choose peace. It's, It's not automatic. It's your choice. And if peace is not controlling you than something else is because peace doesn't just come because you want it there's a way for peace to come and that's what i want to share with you and the bible says in romans 8 6 for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace so here let me show you what this is about stronger perspective the key to perspective is your mindset your mindset your mind is part of your soul your mind your will and your emotions so how you think most of the time. Some people think about God a little bit. Some people think about God a lot. When you think about God a lot, His Word, it produces more peace. So the stronger perspective is of how I think. I need a stronger perspective through the Holy Spirit's peace so I can clearly see my future and my directions. So my feelings are not controlling this decision and that decision and where I go, the business I start, getting into this contract with these people. I can't let my fickle feelings go on that. And and, and here's what happens. If I'm depending on that and and, and you grew up like I did, you're thinking, okay, well, I need a certain emotional feeling to know that this is God. I can't just take it from face value from my heart that i heard from the lord i've got to have a feeling attached to it so how do we do this how do we change our mindset i want to give you four ways okay here's the first one the first one is actually right out of the scripture it says let the peace of the messiah control your heart that's one translation it's Galatians 3 15 the first part and let the peace of god rule in your heart let the peace of the messiah rule your heart his peace and then in verse sixteen. The part A, it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, your part is, take in the Word, receive the Word, you know, l- listen to sermons, read good books, put in worship, listen to worship, put that in you. And then the B part of 16 says, by teaching and admonishing one another. In other words, when you receive something and you take it in, you, you can't do life alone. You, you need people around you. So it's like get in a small group, talk to people, share tell someone what's going on in your spiritual confusion or frustration let someone else that has been there express how that works out so you can glean from that and not just be isolated and then the last part of verse 16 says in in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord so starting this process changes the way you think the mindset then the Spirit and and, and then the Holy Spirit produces life and peace now There is a great example of this in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, in chapter 55. And so he's going to declare something, and he's going to show it. Now, God is giving him this for us to understand. So I I want to take it and break it down. In verse 7, he starts off and says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Well, Pastor, I'm not wicked. Yeah, but we're all unrighteous. We're all sinful. That's you and me. None of us think like God naturally do you hear me? We, we don't think like God naturally. We we Unless we are immersed in the Scriptures, we have to be taught to think like God th- thinks, and then we can't think with Him. We can only think as He thinks because His ways are, are so much bigger than our ways. And so He explains this to us in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. So we don't naturally think like God. We have to be taught. Then He says in verse 10, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and and bud, that I may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, empty, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which it is sent. My word is like rain. If you take a plant and it doesn't get any rain, it's eventually going to wither, but it's never going to produce fruit. And a lot of us are like that. A lot of us, okay, we love the Lord, but there's, 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 there's no growth and there's no fruit. If there's no fruit, it's because of no growth. And maybe it's just because our emotions are playing into this. Then in verse 12, he says, For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. Now, l- let me share this with you, and respectfully I say this, okay? In my lifetime, there have been, there have been numerous movements, and some would call, label them as revivals, where people go, and they go to, to find joy in that place. And, when, and, and, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for their emotional fix. They're looking for something so they will feel better in their emotions. They want their emotions. And, and then in those places, you know, a lot of emotional stuff happens. This Scripture says to go out with joy. So if you go in and you have all of this emotional uncontrolling weeping, uncontrolling laughing, uncontrolling this or that, or all this stuff, you can't go out with that. You, you can't take that kind of stuff into the workplace because you may lose your job or they may lock you up because they think you're crazy, okay? So it says go out with joy. We've been taught with, from our, because it's feeding our emotional realm, we come in and we get all this stuff right here to get our fix, if you will, to get me through the next week. Are you you tracking with me? Okay. All right. So joy is not so much the outward display of emotional craziness or being uncontrollable. It's simply saying, look at my life. This is living. I have the joy of the Lord it speaks I, I I don't have to do something to get attention I just live my life because there's joy in my heart there's peace in my soul and it's simply saying this is this life is great I, I love this life and, and you see the problem is many people only feel joy when they're in church or you feel joy during worship or you feel joy through a certain song or a type of song and, and or or even in the message you know you you, you feel joy and and, and but see here if you're in a large group of people okay everybody's come together so we feel all this stuff god is telling us listen i want you to go out with joy and be peacefully guided the original text says, to go out with joy and be guided peacefully so i'm walking and talking joy and peace wherever i go this It's not the environment that's causing the peace and joy. My emotions tell me it's the environment that brings me the peace and joy. I can't trust my feelings because on the next day, my feelings are going to be a little off and a little out of kilter. I'll tell you this. I'll be honest with you. The reason I struggle with this is because I I, I struggle with this today because I grew up this way and was so ingrained in us, and and, and it's a lifelong experience for me to change this because— Typically on Sunday evenings and and Mondays, I'm dealing in my mind constantly, constantly, constantly with thoughts and, and accusations in my mind that are backed up by feelings. My feelings, my feelings, my feelings. So I'm going to judge or, 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 or look over everything I've done or said by my feelings. And, and, and that's not the way God designed it. That's, that's, see, it's not the environment that brings the joy and the peace. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to bring the, 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 the joy and the peace. But i got to get my mindset right. So here's the second thing. It's what we know about God that carries joy and peace. It's what we know. So I'm giving you stuff so that you know. Isaiah goes into verse 12, part B. He says, the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Uh, you know, In, in other words, we, when you get full of joy and peace on the inside, everywhere you go, you can see the blessings of the Lord. You see the goodness, you see the skies, you see the mountains, you see the trees. It's just like life and there's peace in your soul. And so you begin to see the, the Lord and in, in, in everything that you see. When you start changing Wherever you go, the environment changes because of what's on the inside. You're changing the area by what's on the inside. And in the beginning, if you're a new believer, yes, you come to church because you want to be in the presence of God. And yes, you want to experience the joy of the Lord and the peace of God. But eventually, to become mature and to become stronger, you have to learn to go with the peace of God, take it wherever you go, not just a service or a song or or a sermon. It, It just amazes me. Listen, all I am, all I am is a mouthpiece for God. You, you can't rate or scale sermons, and you can't do it. No, you take what I'm giving you. You take the word that's going out as a mouthpiece from God speaking to you. You take that, and you put it in your heart, and you start working it and applying it. So, it, so if it doesn't meet a certain emotional response then the, you you discredit it no you can't go by that it's the word of god it, it, it's like a batter getting in a batter box that hit a home run the last time up you're, you're saying okay is he gonna hit another one well the the percentages are no he's not okay so it, it's not that but it, it, it is constantly the word taking in and saying holy spirit what are you speaking to me what do i take out of here from this service what am i walking in because i don't want see people listen people that are built the way that I've been built, they, they are waiting for emotional stimulation to happen. I, I'm not here to work your emotions. I could work your emotions because we're emotional people, and I want your emotions to be involved in what you do, but their, your emotions have to be healthy. And so that's what I'm trying to get you to see through this, and I'm, I'm going to get there in a minute. You'll, you'll see it all all come, um, come together. So in the beginning when you find God, yes, you you need this, but as you grow older, you want to become, stronger and and, and so you're peaceful number three guard your thought realm by not thinking alone you cannot have god's peace if you let the devil pull you into the thought realm every warrior knows if you choose your battlefield it's your advantage the enemy loves to fight on his battlefield his favorite battlefield is he wants you to think now there's nothing wrong with thinking the problem is is when most people hit a problem or, 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 or a temptation they don't factor in the Word of God into their thinking Satan goes to Eve has God said and Eve said oh, God told us not to touch this eat this or we're gonna die that's not what God said what's Satan doing He's trying to get Eve to think but not with what God said That's not what God said don't think about that Satan goes to Jesus he's in the wilderness he's been fasting 40 days and and, and he said hey if you're the Son of God I know you're starving why don't you turn those stones into bread what's he trying to do he's trying to get Jesus he's trying to kill Jesus because if you eat solid food after 40 days it probably would kill you he's trying to kill him but he's trying to get him not to think what the Word of God says and to think about you know hot wheat bread with honey butter you know, our bread pudding, our, our biscuits from Cracker Barrel with syrup on top, or, you know, those rolls at Old Charlie's, or, you know, are, are you with me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what he's trying to get Jesus to do. Jesus didn't fall for that. You know what he said? He said, no, 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 no. You, you know, it, it, you, you, you don't understand. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So Satan wants you to think alone without factoring in the Word of God. It's called the thought realm. The thought realm. If he approaches you on his favorite battlefield and he can get you to think alone without God's Word, he always wins. Well, how does he win? Because he keeps you in a state of worry or stress or fear. Why is he doing that way? Because the only way he can take you out is from the inside out. So if he can get you in a place where you have an ulcer, where you have stress, where you have all this stuff, and you live in a state of worry, that's how he's winning because you don't have peace. You're not operating in peace. But his way, it, it will not work if you put the Word of God inside of it because if you put the Word of God inside, there's not confusion, and the Word of God's going to produce peace. Now, let me fast forward and bring it into today. Are y'all still breathing? You with me? Okay, so here's the modern-day version of what I've just said. Watch. Have you ever said, and I want you to raise your hand, have you ever said, I've already made up my mind? Hold it up. Now look around. If there's anybody's hands not up, just call them liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) (laughs) No, we've all said, no, I've already made up my mind. I've made up my mind. Listen, most of the time, that's a decision based on old information programmed in your mind. We have simply retrieved old information from our subconscious mind and delivered it into a form of a decision. And guess what? Many times those are wrong decisions. The subconscious mind must be changed in order for your life to change. And you can change what's been stored in the subconscious mind. God built us where it can be changed. So you understand. For example, by the time you're a teenager, there are some decisions you've already made. You've made decisions about uh, marriage or money or job or you know or sex or, or even the church. So you're you're living out of what you've been programmed in your subconscious mind. You already had. I used to have kids tell me, well, you know, when I get married or I'm going to marry somebody like this. or When I get married, I'm not. It's not going to be divorce. And I, you got all these things that are programmed in your subconscious mind. Now, there are muscles in the human body that were created to react to stimuli without subconscious thought, like your lungs and your heart. But we also have thoughts that operate the same way. They're called reflexive thought thinking, reflex thinking. All thoughts in your subconscious are reflex thoughts. And when they are triggered, certain words come out. Certain behaviors surface. Patterns and actions occur. Most of our lives are spent reacting to the reflex thoughts in our subconscious And we may think we're in charge of our lives, but our subconscious is if we allow it So we make statements like i've already made up my mind We think it's an independent decision, but really you're making a reflex decision And just as there are physical habits to break there are thinking habits to break and here's what happens to us in the natural. Let, let's say it's drinking coffee or smoking or driving the same way to work. The, those become reflex thought patterns. So you drive to work the same way and you don't even remember it. You don't even, you, you, you're so familiar with it. You, know, you, you forgot you had 20 cups of coffee because you know, it's, just, you know, it's, it's just a habit now. God created the subconscious and it was good. It's part of the mind. Why do we have a subconscious mind? It allows the conscious mind to be free to analyze and receive new data. But when our subconscious mind is programmed with the world's thoughts and, program, and, and, and programs, what the world puts in, we end up most of the time with a negative thinking process. Our subconscious minds then become a liability and not an asset. So how do I change my mind? You renew the spirit of the mind. You can be a positive person and have a negative spirit of mind. And that term spirit is a small s. In other words, it's an abstract sense of attitudes or the way we think. For example, the spirit of America is Americanism. So what's the difference between the spirit of the mind and the subconscious? Your subconscious is like a robot of the mind. So it's totally programmed to trigger actions. Your subconscious mind doesn't think, it reacts. It has a reflective response to what you have been programmed. The spirit of the mind is the overall attitude that you have toward life or certain areas of life. And it's made up by all those programs and compartments that you've learned through your life and you've established those attitudes and if they're negative and if they're wrong you have a negative and wrong mindset and in order to change you have to realize you have to have a spirit you have to have the spirit of your mind you have to change that you have to reprogram that and if you don't change the spirit of the mind after you're born again when you're born again your spirits brand new not your mind then if you don't your, your, your present mechanics of the mind continue to operate just like they have been programmed for 20 years so, no matter how many books you read, courses you take, you know, whatever, until your spirit of the mind is renewed in the image of Christ, it can't change. So, the Word of God, I want you to understand, it's not like some kind of pill you take and, and, and it settles us down. The Word of God is the real deal. Here's what makes it real. The Word of God is truth. People want truth we need truth and it's not the devil it's not the devil you know will defeat you uh if but if you have truth if he comes to your battlefield and you have truth he cannot defeat you here's the fourth point worry and peace cannot coexist in the same time you they they cannot coexist in your mind you choose which one you want you hear me so so watch you you get you have peace between you and god when you become a believer it's there you got to take it you have to choose do you want to worry and stress or do you want peace you have to choose i want peace i do not want the enemy to defeat me on my playground so paul wrote in philippians he's trying to help us and in philippians 4 6 he said don't worry about anything how many of you know that's hard It's hard. It's hard not to worry. But if he just told us that, don't worry about anything, and didn't tell us what to do when worry shows up, then we would have a problem because there there would be a vacuum there because your mind will suck something else back in. Okay, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to pull that out. Well, your mind's going to pull something back in. You just can't throw something out and leave a void. You've got to put something back in when wrong thinking was there. And then he says. Then he goes on to say, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So, you know, you let your request be known to God. When you pray, my peace, Lord, your peace will be bigger than the thought that I have. Lord, I need your peace in this thought. Then it goes to verse 7. We all know this verse, but I'm reading it in the New Living Translation because I want to emphasize something. Then you will experience, when you pray this, don't worry and pray this, you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The word there in the Greek, there's a strong picture word there for guard, and the, the, the original says the peace will garrison your heart. There'll be a garrison there. The ideal is that the peace of God is like a soldier. And when you need the peace of God and you go to your favorite scripture and your word or you pray something, it's the picture in your mind needs to be that this peace is like a soldier that comes, stands in front of your heart and guards your heart and protects it. And he, and here's what we have to understand, that as we learn this and we process this over time, this whole peace, it's, remember we have to be taught, you hit something and you go to God, okay, fear just hit me, Lord, give me peace, and you get peace and maybe it lasts for six seconds. Then you go back and you do it again. You go back and you do it again. It's learned so that what's going to happen is, as you learn this, because we all have thoughts, we all have bad thoughts, and some are big and some are some are small. But regardless of the size, the peace of God is bigger than any of them, and so the peace of God is bigger than any bad thought. And a soldier bigger than any of them will come when the word, when I say what the word says, when I say what Jesus says. And and what you have to understand is that peace is even beyond my understanding. What does it mean? It's beyond my subconscious. It does not make sense how I can have peace and I'm going through this or we're going through that or this is happening or that's happening. All these things are happening in my life because, see, if I don't understand this, this this guard is going to come and bring peace, then if you were raised like I was raised, then I've got to have some kind of emotional stimuli to get me ramped up so I can feel a certain way. Then, okay, now I have peace. But then tomorrow, guess what? That feeling's not going to be there because I can't live on my feelings 24-7. You just can't do it. You're gonna crash and burn out. They won't work. And how many Christians, I, I guarantee you, I wish I could, I, I, I wish I had time to think about it more, but I guarantee you that most of the people that grew up my age, they're, they're not in church right now. I can tell you, they're, they're not there. They, they went AWOL when they were teenagers. They, because why? It was, list, it was a whole thing of, of, lists of do's and don'ts, and the only thing that helped you get through all, all of the rules was you gotta have this emotional high to get through all the rules. And guess what? You crash and burn. It's not going to get you there. I have to understand that God will send his, his peace, and it will guard. So th- this is really what I'm doing when I pray that way and think that way. I'm reprogramming the perspective of my mindset to line up with God's Word. Watch. Once I do that, now I can reprogram my emotions. I need my emotions. That's part of who I am. But I've got to reprogram it with God's Word and God's mindset so when something happens, I go to His Word, and then guess what? My feelings then start to be reprogrammed. My emotions are reprogrammed. Listen, your emotions will not work the way they're designed to work until you reprogram them. God created them to work right. Adam's sin, because of the nature of sin, they don't work right. And the only thing that's going to make them work right it's Jesus Christ and the peace that he has, and then us developing all of this. And it's like this. This is probably a crude illustration, but it's like a baby controlling their bodily functions. And mama knows the day and the hour when they're finally potty trained. Right, ladies? Yeah. But they can't do it until they grow, they have to grow. The, the, the body has to change. They, they have to learn to sense, okay, and, and to hold and, and know when to release. Because when they're young and immature, they don't. They just, you know, you got to go, you got to go. So, you know, some people never train their emotions to deal with the issues of life. And here's what I mean by that. When they feel fear, they talk fear. When, when, when they, when they fear, feel anger, they release anger. When they feel lust, they give away to it every emotion they feel they give vent to it and 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 some of you some of you you're the world's worst when it comes to fear because when something happens it can happen in the news it can happen in the community it can happen in your house at your job and 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 what happens is you come into fear and when you come into fear everybody in your house is brought into fear it's like in the spiritual realm there's a blue light special on your house and and everybody knows And, and what you fear the most guess what it comes on you. You know why? Because you just opened yourself up to it. Amen. You just sent out the message to every all all the all the, the evil spirits to come with fear and torment. And 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 listen, I am no, I'm not any different than you. Because on Sunday afternoons, Sunday nights, and Mondays, it's like that. It's just, I have to fight those feelings and those emotions because of what I was taught. I have to repro. Well, how long is it going to take you? I don't know. I'm a slow learner, okay? I'm just dumb, I guess. But it's just a, it's that weak spot where the enemy's constantly attacking me. And I I refuse to be defeated in this area, so I constantly have to struggle. I have to own it. I don't go around, woe is me, poor, poor, pitiful me, feel bad for me, pat me on the back. No, I have to own it, and I have to step into a place where I can take, no, God, I am not going to go into that place because your word says. Because if we have fears because we're thinking the wrong stuff, you want peace, you think the right stuff from God's perspective. Okay, i got to close. everybody good okay if you don't get it come back at five I'll do it again Uh let me close with this in first Peter he's giving encouragement to believers to finish the race I want you strong to finish the race. And he uses a phrase, it's in the King James, actually it's in the New King James also, but, and, and I'm not going to read the scripture, but he, he uses a phrase I want to look at because he's riding in a prison cell, he's looking at a Roman soldier. and It's Ephesians 6 that you can get this whole list of this armor, okay? There are three offensive pieces, three defensive pieces, and there's one piece that goes both ways, and I talked about that one last week but he's, I want to single out the helmet because the Roman soldier had a helmet weighed about 15 pounds. And, and, and it, it literally was strong enough that if the enemy hit you with an axe, it, it wouldn't hurt you. It would give you a headache, but it wouldn't hurt you. We have a sword. The enemy has an axe. If we allow the enemy access to our minds, then he brings his fiery missiles of accusations and, and insinuations, and, and, and it, where does he go with them? To our subconscious immediately. So Peter is referring back to and 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 pulling all of this in and he's telling this group of people listen you have to finish the race you have to finish strong so I want you to gird up the loins of your mind be sober and rest your hope upon the grace that's been brought to you by Jesus Christ so here's what he here's what Peter's looking at because he's he's looking at the Greeks and the Greeks, those people they, they ran marathons they ran races and their running outfit wasn't like our running shorts and shirts. It was like this, you know, towel you wrapped around you kind of thing. You know, you got the picture, right? And so in, while, they're, while they're practicing and running, the, the coach would literally stop a runner and say, hey, listen, I, I need you to gird up the loins. I need you to pull up, the, the, pull up your outfit, pull up your garment, and, and, and tighten it up because you have to run the race to finish the race. And then if you don't, what's going to happen is as you're running the race, it's going to fall down around your legs and trip you up, and you're going to fall and get hurt. So he's giving us this natural example to show us but because, see, when your thinking becomes loose, it'll cause you to fall. We need to stop and stand still and pull up the robe of righteousness, which gets, away, gets, gets rid of guilt and condemnation and tighten up truth. That loin represents truth around our waist. And, and Bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. Say, Lord, you wrote this. Lord, it is written, your word. Use the sword to cut it down. And, and, and listen, when you use the sword, listen to me. Jesus gave his gave us his authority. So when I use that sword, it's like him speaking. The Greeks said and defined the swords as a two-mouthed sword. The Romans used five different swords. One of the sword was a two-mouthed sword. They didn't call it that, but the Greeks called it that. That's a short sword, but at the end of it, the, the end of it hooks around like, like a beak of an eagle, and it was very sharp, and it, you, you would in, enter it into the enemy and then twist it and when you pulled it out whatever it's caught on everything comes out got the picture the word of the living God is like a two-edged sword we don't have an axe we got some battle axes but we don't have any ax. we don't have an axe we have a sword why do we need a sword because one edge of it works from God speaking to me And the other edge of it works for the enemy trying to attack me that whatever he's trying to do, I can pull it away and it can have no harm on me, but I have to use it. And listen, that's not based on my feelings. That's based on what I've been taught and what I know. I have to use it. And he's never going to stop coming, but I refuse to try to live without peace I refuse to try to live and and walk through life and finish the race without the peace of god because if you do you're going to try to depend on something in your emotional rim. i can't trust my emotions i can trust my savior i can trust the holy spirit i can trust the peace that's inside of me and here's the deal and i'm done you can't have this peace you can't have this guard unless you have Jesus. And I'm not talking about a head knowledge. I'm talking about a heart knowledge. That you know him and you love him. Because the enemy's never going to stop attacking you. That's his job description. But why? Why? can't I overcome? I can i have to i want to but i can't do it without taking the sword of the spirit without reprogramming my subconscious mind then i can be victorious i can conquer i can win see i want to finish the race about you when i say finish the race i'm not talking about living a long life of 80 90 years when i say finish the race you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about finishing everything god has designed for me to finish and if i'm letting my emotions play into that and i start looking behind every bush and this business thing comes open or this or this partnership or this partner to marry or this person to to be engaged to or this school to go to all these things and oh, you get into all this stuff that's so indecisive God said, no, let let me put that guard right there. Let let me put the garrison there, and then you'll have peace. And when you have peace, the old timers used to say it this way, you'll know in your knower. I don't know what a knower is, but it sounds good. You'll know in your knower. You, you You just know that you know. When you know that you know, there's absolutely nothing that can stop you from doing what God has called you to do nothing I want you to finish the race I want you to gird up the loins with truth I don't want you to depend on your emotions whether they're up or down because the emotions can go the other side and go down I want you to depend on the Word of God and the truth of God everybody good with that did you bow your head and close your eyes If you're here and you say, you know, Pastor, I I don't have this peace. I'm not even sure I know Jesus, but I want to make sure today that He is Lord of my life so that I can begin to experience the peace that passes my understanding. If that's you, I want you to hold your hand up. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. I, I, I do this for several reasons, but... I still think it's good for all of us to do it. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We come to you in Jesus' name. We believe that you love us and want us to have your peace. Jesus, take all of my sins so I can be forgiven. And with my words, I sign over my life. Jesus, I give you my heart confess you as my Lord, and help me to begin today to walk in a clearer perspective, to fulfill the life you've given me, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.